Warning, the Federal Communications Commission requires that we inform you that this episode of the Derek Duvall Show may contain content inappropriate for children. Listener discretion is advised. The FCC also requires us to inform you that this episode may contain the words f***, s***, d***, asshole, mother galloping wit, but in like a British way, and also, strangely, cul-de-sac. Once again, this show may contain content not suitable for anyone but the coolest children. Listener discretion is advised. Powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions bunker, it's Derek All right, welcome to episode 10 of the Derek Duvall Show, and by the time this episode airs, the Six Nations will be underway, showcasing the greatest sport in the world, rugby. And wouldn't you know it, the mighty Welsh have been drawn to take on a strong Ireland side. We got any Welsh supporters in the audience tonight? Yeah! Yeah! Ah, bless. That warms my heart. Well, as I play Comronda and Delilah this weekend, I want to tell you about the excellent show we have in store for you this week. We have a rather educational guest in the form of Dr. Karen Stalzno, the author of the book On the Offensive, Prejudice in Language Past and Present. Now, being an old sailor, I love swearing. I even got to a point in the military that I started inventing swear words. My mother was so proud. Hey, that's your tax dollars hard at work right there, folks. Dr. Stalzno has a great deal to say, and I cannot wait for you all to hear her. We are also going to be having a thought of life today, and we have a quick special guest. All right, we're all set. Let's get this episode going. And now, Derek Duvall's Thoughts on Life. Valentine's Day is upon us soon, and I want to talk to you about my particular love language, gift giving. I find no greater joy than the ability to give my spouse or close friend a gift. It doesn't have to be an episode of Oprah's Favorite Things. I'm not giving away yachts or Teslas. The gift doesn't need to be anything extravagant. The mere act of taking the time to think of a person's desires or wants and making a commitment to getting that item or trip or whatever, that to me is what makes gift giving my love language. The look on their face when they open or receive such a thoughtful gesture. Man, it's almost like an addictive drug. Now, I'm not saying every day is a cause for a gift. None at all. That would be foolish and potentially expensive. But gift giving does not need to be an act of giving a tangible item. Gift giving can be a donation in someone's name to a charity of their choice or watching their kids so the parents can have a fun night and do some adult stuff. You would be amazed what the simplest thing, as such as giving a gift, can do to you biologically. So I challenge everyone this week to go ahead and make a donation to someone. Give a sweater to someone you see on the street. Or 
just give a little something to that special someone to tell them how much you think of them and how much you appreciate them. And in some cases, how much you even love them. Anyway, that's my thought of life for this week. Derek Duvall's host of Friends. All right. As always, I always like to bring friends to the show, talk about new projects that are going on. I want to welcome one of my dearest friends and a great ally to the show, Chris from the Chris and Christine Show. How are you, sir? Hey, what's happening, buddy? Hey, Derek. Hey, thanks for coming on. This is great. It's always Thank you so gr- much, bud. It's always great when you're here. Yeah, so, I know, huh? So how, how are things at home? How are the misses? Oh, you know, the usual married life, the usual uh, honeymoon phase is over. Now it's back to the, the you know grind, you know, the usual. And you telling me there was snow in your area the other night. Yeah, you know, we had San Diego. I live in San Diego. And San Diego County just got hit with this massive, huge storm, two storms back to back. They called it like a uh, highway of uh, water, something, right? Some of the news said something about that. But basically what happened, these big major storms came in, it got really cold, and we got snow in the local mountains. I think down to like 2,500 feet is when it actually got snow. We got hail here. I I saw the Big Sur um, up north. It's uh, washed out the road. Oh, yeah, the road just disappeared. The whole road off the side of the mountain by the ocean just fell into the sea. That's incredible. Know? And uh, it's crazy, you know. And, and But luckily today, being Saturday, is actually very, very sunny. It's 70 degrees. It's back up to uh, what it should be, you know. I hate the it rain. Was, I hate it. It was 65 here today, and the winds, we're talking about 35, 45-mile-per-hour winds. Me and uh, Mrs. Duval went for a nice, pleasant walk today, and uh, it was a hard time keeping my hat on my head. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't imagine. Somebody posted something on Twitter saying that they um, they wanted it to be springtime because they did a screenshot of their uh, iPhone's temperature of the, wherever they lived, and it was 15 degrees. And I said, oh, my God, I would die if it was I, – I, I die when it's 40 degrees. Well, when they say here when the wind comes sweeping down the plane, they bloody mean it. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, man, I, I bet. I can only imagine. We have you on the show particularly just to hang out, but I also want to talk about a new venture and your entrepreneurial spirit that you always have had. Let's talk about Podtastic Audio. Podtastic Audio. Podtastic Audio was my little um, side project that I just thought of on a whim. It kind of got started because when I was trying to help you out, and I was trying to help a few other podcasts out on their audio stuff and how to get started. My sister, too, as I think about it. Can she I, wanted to let do me just podcast. interrupt for a second. Just for the fans that they know, there would be no Derek Duvall show without Chris. There, hey, just, you're welcome, that by is, the way. Hey, there, I'm is no, for that check. there is no dispute of that. Hey, where's that check at? You know, you're supposed to send me. <laughs> so, but uh, I was helping people out on Twitter, and I was helping people out and doing things like that. And I'm like, you know what? I got all the equipment from doing the Chris and Christine show. I got all the podcast gear. I know basically how to use it. So I'm like, what if I just start another podcast? Although I am extremely busy. I do work full time. I got the the weekly podcast with Christine and now I'm taking on another podcast. I'm like, I don't know if I can pull it off, but I got a few hour window when the kids are in school on Mondays. So I figure I'll just wrap something up there. And when I do our, my podcastic audio podcast, I basically wrap it up complete in like less than an hour, start to finish. You know, it's funny. I remember the, a couple of weeks ago when you told me about this venture that you had going on and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I remember I was smoking a cigar 
and I'm sitting to myself and you're, and you're, you're texting me back and forth. And when you told me the actual premise and the purpose of this new show, this podcasting audio, I sat there and all I could see in my mind was Tim Allen from home improvement, explaining all the new tools from Bimford. And I figured, oh, yeah. that, I figured that this is what he's going to have. He's basically, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the new, the newest gear. And that's what I was, right. I was, I was, I was in my mind. That's what I kind of envisioned. Try to, what I was trying to do, because there's a lot of shows like that already. If you go on YouTube and, and uh, podcasting, there's a lot of podcasts like that. What I'm trying to do with Podtastic Audio is to basically show a new podcaster, brand new to the industry, does has no idea what to do or how to use it, may not even have a job. They may not have no income. They've got, they don't have a big budget, but they want to try podcasting. And I can show you how to do it for very, very cheap and make it sound spectacular. Cause I think it's a thing with podcasting. It's an audio format. So you're not seeing anything. So you don't really know what kind of gear I'm using. You don't really know what, what that anybody's really using. All you know is what you can hear. And if you make it sound good with basic stuff, you're basically going to sound just as good as anything you hear on the radio. And that's, that's like my benchmark. If it sounds like something on the radio, that's the ultimate goal. I meant to ask you, it's like, how hard was it to come up with a name? Um, not really hard at all. We're going back and forth with Christine. It's something I wanted the audio to be in the name somehow. And then I used to say on the other show a lot, fantastic. And then, and then of course, podcasting. And I, I said, wait a second, pod, podcasting, fantastic, po podtastic. Let's use that. Why don't we just try that one? So I, I remember how hard it is to find an original name in the ethos that is podcasting. You know, you know, and the funny thing was, is I did take the podcastic audio. I did plug it into all the search engines. I plugged it into the Apple podcast. I plugged it into listen notes and, and I, and nothing came up and I'm like, well, maybe, but there is a podcastic something. There's a pod, pod the word podcastic has been used for other uh, companies and things like that. I don't even know, but podcastic audio itself didn't come up as a podcast. So I said, well, I'm going to lock it in and I'm going to sign. So the first thing I did is I went and locked it in my host. And then I went to the email, locked that in, of course. And then I locked in um, Instagram and Twitter. So you got podcastic audio on Instagram, podcastic audio on Twitter. And they're exactly like that. You know, what's funny, Derek, I was going to tell you is that podcastic audio, you know, I've only been doing the podcast with Christine for just over a year. We started in August of 2019. And when we started it, like I was good thinking this thing will be for fun. We had no idea what the podcast was going to be about or how to even do it. I, I was just playing with my son's Xbox headphones and I, and I plugged them into the computer and I was playing with it, just playing with the microphone, hit record, playing it back. I'm like, wait a second. I bet I can do a podcast with this thing. And then that kind of that kind of launched the idea of doing a podcast with Christine, and we had to get gear. And I didn't even know what kind of gear to even get, so I just said, "Go on, went on Amazon. I searched up microphones, and I looked up like you can set the price limit to like low to high. I went low, and I went down whatever the best reviewed, like cheapest microphone available was. And we, I bought a couple of those, and then had to Google how to like use them at the same time because when you try to plug in two USB microphones to the computer at the same time, the computer sometimes goes, uh, which one are we using? This one or that one? It doesn't want to seem to use both sometimes. So we had to figure that out and then uh, figure out the headphone thing because there was that big latency delay. We had the headphones going on and um, we've upgraded the gear since then. But, you know, I was trying to, I, you know, I was trying to tell my, my podcast audio, tell the audience is that, 
you could still make a decent podcast. I mean, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars on microphones. You don't have to spend that much money if you don't want to. Doing the doing the podcast on a budget, obviously, when you're starting out, is important. Unless you're just, you know, one of the you know A-list celebrities that just you know one day said, "Hey, I'm going to have a podcast now." But uh, I mean, yeah, I get it. You know, I mean, my my setup in here is a couple hundred bucks. You know, um, the the programs I use cost X number of dollars. You know, I use uh, Clean Feed when I can, or I have a Google Meet subscription. You know, so I mean, I get it. You know, you can do this on a on a budget, but yeah, I mean, if you like you said, I mean, you don't have to have thousand dollar speakers. You don't want you, or microphones. You don't have to. You know, you know. I mean, like the the tools are out there for you to do it on the cheap. Right. I'm just trying to show the the listeners that the potential podcasters that if they want to do a podcast, like everything I, I show them is literally free. I mean, I'm talking free to use. The most expensive part of this whole podcast is going to probably be your microphone. I mean, you, I'm assuming you already have a computer. Most people have computers. So you already have that. You get a 20 to 50 dollar microphone. It's probably the most expensive thing. There are free hosting out there you can get, which I'm using the podcast on that platform to kind of demonstrate this is what a free hosting sounds like because I'm using it for podcastic audio. So basically everything I'm doing right now is free. I mean, although the setup I have now does cost a little bit more money than the free stuff, the, the, sorry, than the $50 stuff. But, you know, it's just, just giving an idea of like if I can do it and I'm showing you how to do it, and this is the tools I'm using it for, and, and this is it then um, you can do it too. It just takes courage to go out there and do it. I think it's probably the hardest part. It's just getting started. I think the hardest part for me when when I started the Derek Duvall show was an idea. What what am I going to do that sets me apart from everybody else? And I feel like I've done that. You know, I mean, I, I wanted to just be a, a, a show about, you know, promoting people. Right. Not promoting people's ideas or promoting things, just promoting people. It's a people show. And like That's I said, I think too. Yeah, I yeah, like that. I, like that and with podcastic audio i think you've got a great thing that you've started here i guarantee it's going to be uh, you know it's like you know in britain we have jim will fix it and i feel like it's going to be you know podcastic audio is going to be hopefully the the benchmark for anybody out there who wants to just get their idea out onto the floor where you know everybody has a voice all right. that matters is finding an audience and right, and if I try, you provide, and if you provide yeah. the tools to find that audience, then that makes your product better than most people out there. You're right, and, the, and I listen to honestly, guy, I do listen to a lot of other podcasts about podcasts. There's a the one big guy, um, shout out Dave Jackson. He uh, was actually on our show. Who's kind of have to come on our show, and I listen to his show every single week. And he's on a bunch of other podcasts, and he is a big guru when it comes to podcasting. He's been doing it for like forever. And, but a lot of his stuff and a lot of the other shows like his, they really kind of like assume you have like a $500 budget on stuff and that you're going to, you know, you're going to pay for hosting with a, with an expensive hosting site and you're going to have all this mixers and you're going to have all this gear and you're going to have, you know, I, my, my general approach is that like, okay, that's great. Let's get there. But first let's get the guy that's like, I don't know if I want to do podcasting, you know, or, or, or like my sister, she's out of work. Her friends are out of work and they wanted to try podcasting. And I went and told them, look, I'll show you how to do it. I actually gave my sister, my old gear, my old microphones, the ones we started with, I gave them away. There were 20 bucks a pop here. You can have these. And then, and then you guys can play with it. And I told them about clean feed so their friends can all chat and be all clean and everything. And I told her other friend how to record it and how to do stuff. So, um, and I was kind of doing that with my sister and her friends. And I was thinking, well, maybe I should make a podcast 
kind of explaining this. Although some of the stuff in the podcast, it's hard to really explain in an audio format. You kind of show you, you know, it is like if you're editing and you're kind of telling me how you're doing it rather than me, you showing me how you're doing it. It's a little trickier, you know? I think, I guess I mean, I think you've come up with an absolutely genius idea and it doesn't take away from the big project, like your, your flagship program, you know, Chris and Christine show. Cause I, I know that to be probably one of the most successful podcasts uh, in the community. And I'm not, wow, and thanks, I'm, no, man. I'm being serious. I mean, people love your show. People know your brand. Um, you've got a hell of a following now. Uh, I can only be envious of the following that you have right now. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. It, you're, the idea that you have is just so much fun. And I, I've been on your show. My wife has been on your show. In fact, I've been on your show twice. And I, it's just fun. And you walk away. It's like listening to the Chris and Christine show is like getting a warm hug. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. We appreciate that. We try, we try to do our best. We try to have uh, a lot of, we've had a lot of guests lately. And that's the thing too. We really enjoy talking to people and like sharing their ideas on things and life and things like that. And, and we kind of try to have a good time with it. And, um, you know, one person was funny on Twitter, one person, I'm not going to, um, mention her name, but she said something like, um, she was studying for, cause she does a lot of interview show. She just does an interview show too. And she does all just a straight up interview. It's all her whole show is. And she said she was cramming for a guest and really studying hard for this guest and all this stuff. And I'm like, cramming for what? Studying for who? We don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> we just throw the guests on. We just like get like an outline of what they do. And we kind of like just run with the just flow with it, you know, to see what happens. Like a natural progression of the conversation. Because when you try to get too scripted with the interview, it could sound almost like, um, I mean, she does, she does a good job, not, you know, but if you know too much about the guest, you almost do don't want to ask the question because you're not really curious because you already know the answer. I think for me, uh, as 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 a host of my show, and the way I direct it, I write an outline and I'll put like some little um, what you call it, indentions, basically like how to segue. If you talk about this, we can segue to this. If you talk about this, we can segue to this. Right. It's kind of right. like you know how they always have the, if the telemarketers. They have a, a a book that says how to reboot every no. Oh, I, I kind of like that. have something like that. Um, you know, I, I have questions that I want to ask, you know, course, I don't care. And I, and to be quite honest, like if I try to avoid, like, like I had Rick Turner on the, I had Rick Turner on the show a couple weeks ago and everybody knows him for Lindsay Buckingham Fleetwood Mac. I try to avoid the Lindsay questions because everyone's heard them. Everybody knows the answer to them. You know, I wanted to take it to a new place where people were like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Or, you know what I mean? And so like I had, um, I had a guest on last week. She wrote a book about uh, lingu she's a linguistic, and she wrote a book about swear words. And her uh, show will be actually be playing on your show right now. Um, but she wrote a book, and, I, and obviously, you know, like you can go on Amazon, you can read about the book, and what have you. But I wanted to give everybody a bridge to avoid that extra click. You know, let's get into the nitty gritty. Why did you write the book? Why did you, you know, do this? Right. And right. that's, that's what wanted. they say to do too. That's what they say. They say to try to try to edit all that out or try to or try to just get to the get to the good stuff and you know i mean everybody does podcasting that thing too is that some people say you gotta do it this way or do it gotta do it that way i say do it your way whatever works and and what's really gonna tell if it's working or not is it, do you have listeners are people listening to it or not if they're not listening to it it's not working but you know well let's take one step about further here with podcastic audio does podcastic audio also translate into the visual realm you know, you have, you know, people, with, you have people with YouTube channels. You have people who you do know, Zoom meetings. 
you know, I, I thought about that because I honestly got I'm so busy, like I'm working full time and then I got the kids and then I got Christine and then I got the other podcast and then I'm trying to do this other podcast. So for, so it's kind of so I thought about that, I even thought about doing consulting on the side, like doing a Zoom consulting meeting with somebody if they want to get started and how I do it. Um, I don't even know if I have time to do that. But I mean, I'll try. I mean, if I if I had more time, I probably would do more that I am doing quite a bit. And um, so so we'll see what happens. What I might do take the show into if I run out of ideas to talk about on how we do the podcast is I might turn the show into kind of a review show where if, if a podcast can send me their show, I can maybe get them on and maybe review it with them or something or maybe tell them how I can change things. I mean, it's just an idea. I'm just throwing it on the wall. I don't oh. know if it's going to work or not, but, um, Oh, Chris, my son, if I, if I threw you the Derek Duvall show to review, we wouldn't be friends anymore. Oh. <laughs> you, you would nitpick no, the shit out of it. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. But like I said, it's just an idea that I was just throwing. Because I'm thinking, because there's only so much I can really share what I do for our show without getting into like, the, here's the new gadget of the week. I don't want to go in that direction of the new, because then you really have, to, really have to do your homework and do your research. All I'm doing is sharing what I do for the Christian Christine show. Think of it as like, you need to get a DVD, a movie, and you have that, that scene that has like behind the scenes uh, of how they made the movie. The podcastic audio is the how behind the scenes on how we do Christian Christine. Now, this is interesting as well, because we've ta- I think we've talked about this before, but if I have, forgive me, we're going to retread it. Do you listen to your final product once you've released it? Every single time, multiple times. I will not. I absolutely I will, that, one yeah. trillion percent, will not. A second I upload it to Transistor FM, big shout out to Transistor, uh, I do not listen to it again. Very, very, very rarely will I ever like play a part. Maybe like, hey, don't you, you ever, you don't you subscribe to your own show on like iTunes or Apple or whatever? I think I do, yeah. But I just, I just will not. I just won't do it because I, it will suck all the joy out of it for me because it's like I could have done this differently or I didn't. Well, that's the point. Maybe my that's lev- what I do it for. Yeah, that's why my I do levels it. weren't great here, or maybe I should have. You know, I could have trimmed what he or she said to a little bit better. You know, or. And that's that's the thing. Like I, it, once I hit re- finish a master and I upload it and I schedule it, once it's out there, yes, I'll make you know obviously the promotions for it, but I will not listen to it ever again because it will it will just suck the joy completely I've out of the heard, process you know, for me. I've heard a lot of people do that, you know, and 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 I'll tell you why you should listen to it back. The, it's like um, NFL teams, right? On Sunday they have the game. And on Monday, they watch the film tape of the game they just they just did for pointers and get better and see you did this mistake, you did that mistake, and here's what you can do here and there. They review the film. And I can look at the same way with the podcast is that I enjoy our podcast, which is kind of funny to think that like I'm actually a fan of my own show. That sounds kind of weird. So I do enjoy listening to it. And I also listen to it because I get to hear what we just did. It's like our... It's like you're a painting or an artist. You create this art artwork, and you sit back and enjoy it. So, so when I record the episode and put it out there, I while I'm working at night, I will play it back. You know, at least two or three times during the week, and then of course I listen to other shows too while I'm out there because I do drive for work for a living. So it's a nice job to have because I can listen to podcasts like all night long at work. So that's what I basically do. And including our own. So I do love our show. I do like it. And I do listen to it. I say, well, maybe we should change that. Or maybe we should do that. Christine listens to it too. Not as much as I do because she's working from home. But but um, 
uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I do. And, and, and I also do a quick little preview before I upload it. I'll do a quick little preview of it to make sure that uh, I didn't leave any gaps. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. No, I understand. I just, like I said, I, I have this really, you know how they always say, like, you're your own worst critic? Uh, uh, that's true, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. Like, for me, like, I, I hold myself to a very, very, sometimes impossible standard that I rarely can meet. But when it's my show, and I think I've, I brought this up on my show a couple of times, is people invest 45 minutes to an hour of their life to listen to what I have to say and to listen to the guests that I have chosen that I think that they will find interesting. And if I don't give 100 and sometimes 110%, that person may never, you know, Michael Jordan said it best. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you that one of my favorite Michael Jordan lines ever. He said that uh, when he goes on the court, he is playing for the, for the one person in the stands who has never seen him play. And if right. he doesn't give 110%, they're not going to think that he is the greatest player of all time. And I think, yeah. that, and that for me is like, that is basically how I, that is the weirdness that is me as in, you know, in my innate personality is, you know, we've got to be the best at all costs, you know, no matter what we have to do, we have to do it to be the best. And does that make me a very, you know, complicated person? No, yes. I'm very competitive. I love to win. Um, and that's why when I, I release these episodes and sometimes I don't see the, the listenership that I feel like it deserves, it, it, it makes me very conflicted. Like, you know, am I doing something wrong? What do I need to do better? And I can sit there for hours and torture myself with these thoughts. Right. You know, it really can get to you deep, you know, if you really kind of stress over that kind of stuff, I think, but podcasting, you have to remember, it's not a microwave oven. It's more like a crock pot. It's a slow burn and podcasting, you upload one episode, um, you're not instantly going to have like 10 million downloads unless maybe, maybe even if you're some fancy celebrity, but even then it's kind of rare. So you have, it kind of builds up. You have to build an audience. They say it takes the on average three years to build an audience, three years. We've only been doing this a year and a half. So we're not, we're only halfway there to building our audience on the Chris and Christine show. Hell, I've been doing the podcastic audio three episodes. So I'm really not even close to even being anywhere. So I, that's why I look at it. It's that it's a slow progression. It kind of, it kind of like a snowball effect. It kind of builds up and builds up. And hopefully what you try to do is keep the listeners you have and collect a little more and a little more and a little more. And he keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually you're going to have like a big, you know, audience. And, um, but the thing is, even with Chris and Christine show, our, our numbers do fluctuate quite a bit. I mean, right now they're, it's weird. They're on kind of a downslide. They were up a couple weeks ago. Now they're down. It goes like a roller coaster. It goes up and down, up and down. I don't know. It may, if you try to figure, I analyze it, it'll drive you nuts. The thing I learned, and I did not know this when I was working with the with the captains, and I learned this when I was on my own, is the podcasting community is very supportive. I it's very rare to see cutthroat, you know, ambitions out there. Um, people really love to promote either other stuff, and I think that has really been a big hint, uh, helpful for the Derek Duvall show. For those who may not know, you know, there are subgroups on Twitter that you know you, you subscribe to, and they. Not only do they retweet your show, they give you honest feedback. They they will promote your product on their show. Uh, as you know, I mean that's and I think that's really helped my brand get out there. I mean, I'm up to um, I think we're up to like almost 500 listens now. We're only 10 epi- nearly 10 episodes in, and that for me is incredible because wow, we well, didn't good even job, we dude. didn't even have that 
um, the first three or four months of the of the of the captains. So right. I, I know I'm doing something right, and like I said, and we've talked about in long about you know hashtags and. You know, constantly every day, you know, you got to make at least, you know, two posts. It is so a lot of work, too. It I is think, a lot of work. Keeping up with the social media, because I do it, too, for, for the Chris Christine Show and for Podtastic Audio. I take care of all the social media. Like, everything social media re- uh, related, all the uploads, all the tweets, all everything you see that has come out of our show's po- podcast um, Twitter feed or Instagram has been by me. I have done all of that work. And, it, and it's hard fitting that time in because I wake up every morning, grab my iPhone, I look at it, and I got all these Twitter alerts that I have to go through and kind of like, okay, like this, this guy like that, this guy like that, this guy retweeted this. I, I tell you, honestly, it, it's social media can be very forgiving or it can be a very cruel mistress. And you have to, like, I have to be very careful. I started learning out right when I first started, try not to do anything controversial. Try not to, you know, don't rock the boat. Don't, don't, don't make... Uh, hot takes or anything like that because that's a great way to turn people off and for the most part i've been very apolitical on my show i don't i don't bring politics much into it right i yeah the thing I, I for the very beginning i said christine no religion and no politics we've kind of dove a little both on both ways a little bit but i said anything else is fair game no religion and no politics well on that note chris i want to thank you so much for coming on my show as always you are always welcome you know always know that Oh, thanks, Derek. I really appreciate this. And thank you for uh, letting me come on your show today and uh, promoting the great old Podtastic Audio, which you can find at, uh, I believe our website is, uh, I'm using the Anchor for the hosting because it is free. And it is anchor.fm slash Podtastic Audio. Outstanding. I'll catch you again. All right. Thanks, Derek. Okay. We're going to take a small break. You can use this time wisely by refreshing your drink or stretching your arms and legs while you listen to a word from our sponsors and two awesome podcast promos from shows that we absolutely love. See you in a few. Your mom uh, had an accident. I'll uh, take you to her. Uh oh. Look, Wild Bill. Who was that? Some stranger. He said Donnie's mom was hurt. I didn't know if I should go with him. Well, just don't do what a stranger says. Check it out with an adult you know. Remember, a stranger can mean danger. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Hi, everyone. I'm Ariel Cooksey, host of Malice. When violent acts occur, we tend to think the predators are monsters. Surely no human could do such things. But if we're honest, only humans commit malicious crime. And if you're like me, you want to know why. To find out, join me at Malice, wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by the NBA Store. A new year brings the start of a new NBA season, so suit up with the latest gear to show your support for your team. We may be sidelined from going to the arena, but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from your couch in style. We are teaming up with the NBA and Podgo to bring our listeners up to 75% off of selected items. Yes, you heard that right. Go to podgo.co slash MBA for up to 75% off select items from the NBA store. The NBA, where amazing happens and Michael Jordan remains the greatest of all time. Be sure to say that the Derek Duvall Show sent you there at checkout. Hi, my name is Ryan, and I'm one of the hosts of Going the Distance, the Rocky Series podcast. 
What do we do on that podcast? Well, as you can imagine, we cover the Rocky franchise, the most incredible franchise ever. That's right. Okay, there's other great franchises, but this is just a personal favorite of mine. It's what got me into podcasting to begin with. If you are a Sylvester Stallone fan and a Rocky Balboa fan, then this podcast is for you. We cover every movie in detail. We're currently just wrapping up Season 6, finishing our coverage of Rocky Balboa, the sixth film in the franchise, and we're about to go to the Creed films. Join us on every podcast platform. We hope to see you there. Ding, ding. See, that wasn't long at all. Did you stretch yet? You know you really should. Stretching has many benefits, including increasing your flexibility and your range of motion. It can also improve blood flow to your muscles. You should really fix that slouching, so that helps too. Plus, I am sure after a long time sweated out at the gym and or UFC octagon, stretching can help with back pain. Plus, hey, think of it as stress relief. Want a namaste your day away? Hey, stretching is a short way of saying yoga rules. Anyway, the show must go on. Derek Duvall fans, please join me in welcoming to the show for the very first time author of the book On the Offensive, Prejudice in Language Past and Present, Dr. Karen Stalzno. <laughs> Dr. Stalzno, how are you and welcome to the show. I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. No, oh, no problem, no problem at all. I start out my interviews with the same question during these troubled times we live in. How has the COVID world been treating you? I'm still alive. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. So yeah, it's uh, uh, looking forward to getting a vaccine as soon as possible. So your latest book is getting rave reviews. And in the world we are living in where the younger generation are starting to be more open-minded on things such as religion, race, and sex. Books of this nature are more needed now more than ever. What did well, thank the, you. Where did the genesis of this book stem from? Uh, it goes all the way back to my university days where I studied rude words. So I was interested in, in taboo language. So, so this book is about offensive language, not in the sense of the F word or the S word or the C word, even though those words do frequently crop up, but offensive words more in terms of racist language and sexist language and ageist language, that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I've been working on this kind of language for uh, quite some time. And I thought, you know, it's time, it's a very topical issue right now. So it's it's timely and it's time to write a, a book about this. That's a kind of pop book aimed at a general audience rather than an academic audience. The great George Carlin and, and someone who I consider an absolute hero of mine, had a message in his stand-up special that there are no bad words, only bad intentions and bad context. Do you agree with that sentiment at all? I do mention George Carlin in the book a couple of times. And so uh, this book takes a more, more of a descriptive stance. So it identifies offensive language and talks about why it's offensive, but doesn't necessarily say, oh, you, you shouldn't use these words. So with the words that George Carlin was looking at, he was looking at more of those profane terms, so the offensive words in terms of the F word and the S word. Uh, so I'm looking at language that's offensive to certain groups of people, perhaps because of the color of their skin or because of their age or because of their gender or sexuality. So it's books really about describing why words are offensive and looking at the history of these words and informing people, but not telling them how they should speak. So it's not about censorship. I would love to meet the person 
who one day sat down and says, you know what? This word is going to be a profane word. This is going to be a taboo word that, <laughs> that people are going to cringe at when they hear it, or they're just going to inflame a passion or, or a response when they hear it. Where do you think that part of the origin of that event took place? Well, it is just so difficult to determine what words are going to become offensive and why. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. There are a lot of people who will say, oh, a word's not offensive because it didn't, it wasn't originally offensive and it's become offensive or, or vice versa with that too. So it's just really difficult to pinpoint. So my background is in linguistics and we, we talk about pejoration, which is where a word becomes offensive over time. There was a brand of, I think, appetite suppressant candy back in the 1980s called AIDS candy. And then around that same time, that became the, 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 the name for that particular disease that we now know as AIDS or, or HIV. And so that term pejorated, meaning it became offensive. And there, that happens to a lot of words. The, the opposite where a word becomes less offensive, that is more rare, but that's happened with words like uh, silly and uh, I'm just trying to think of some other examples, but it's, it's a much less occurring phenomenon. Um, so it's just really difficult to tell why a word is going to become offensive, but usually it's if it's associated with certain categories. So we also have this uh, phenomenon called the euphemism treadmill, and that's where words in a certain category will become offensive no matter what. And we see that with disability-related terms. We also see that with a good example I like to give is, is where we talk about the word toilet and how words associated with the word toilet like privy or latrine have changed over time. Now we might talk about a uh, bathroom or we might talk about a restroom. So it doesn't matter what new words we introduce because it's an embarrassing topic or it's a somewhat sensitive topic, uh, it's always going to be seen as offensive and new words will be introduced to replace it, which will eventually be replaced too. The second you said of talking about the toilet rings back uh, Mel Brooks, Robin Hood, Men and Tice, where he would proclaim that all the toilets in the kingdom will be known as John's. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 that's one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. So you, you mentioned, you know, F word, S word. And one particular mm -hmm. one that's very interesting is the C word. Now, yes. being from Great Britain, the C word over there, which we won't use on the show for obvious reasons, <laughs> is not offensive over there. Mm -hmm. They use that word like saying the you know, and, <laughs> well, they, and they use it in different contexts, you know, like, it, like something has broken down or, you know, or you are, right. a, you know, and yeah. somehow, though, in the United States, mm -hmm. you use that word in the to the wrong person and you're going to sleep on the couch for a couple of weeks, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I, I want to know where that distinguishing came from. You know the United States, the United Kingdom, and you—I believe you're from Australia, correct? Yes, I was just going to say you can probably tell that I'm not originally from the United States. That I've been living here for about 15 years, but I am originally from Australia. And just like the Brits, we use that word. I mean, I surprised my husband when I—he's um, American—when uh, I started using it so liberally, and he was shocked because he's not used to that. Right. So in Australia, it can be a term of endearment, mm -hmm. and you can use. Oh, how are you going? You you silly C. It is just used, it's a very common word and it can be used affectionately. It can also be used to refer to someone who is, is despicable, uh, someone who's terrible. But here in the United States, it's very offensive and certainly 
from a feminist perspective, the word can be viewed as being offensive because it refers to a part of the female anatomy, and yet here it is being used as this abusive and insulting term. So I think that you bring up a good point insofar as uh, we need to look at the context of a word and how it's being used. We need to look at where it's being used across culture, across time. So again, that plays into words that might become offensive and then might change over time and become less offensive. It's really all that we can do when it comes to language is to look at a, a snapshot of a word, either historically or today, to see what it means and how it's used. But it, it really varies. With the vast, you know, sweeping movement of social awareness sweeping the world, you know, right now, do you see a change of tone on television or films, comedy, stand-up comedy even, and maybe even even music in terms of language and the words that are being used now? Are they more being more prepared in advance? Or do you think people are shooting off the cup and hoping for the best? Mm, that's really hard to say. In the past, terms like uh, bloody have been offensive and people couldn't use them in a court of law or in parliament, and yet it's becoming more acceptable in I'm not sure where things are at in Britain at the moment, but in Australia, it's a very common term. So uh, in the past, we had censorship against words like uh, bitch, if I can say that. But uh, so again, this is really just a changing thing. And uh, if we look at some comedy shows uh, in the past and some of the topics that were treated then, uh, they might be deemed to be more offensive today. But again, we've got to look at things in context. And if something was acceptable maybe 40 years ago and isn't today, that doesn't mean that what happened 40 years ago was necessarily bad, but th that our perception is changing. That brings me to my next question that I, that I was going to ask is, you know, past mm -hmm. shows over the years have been re-examined now under a microscope, obviously with the, the social awareness that is today. And now they serve as kind of time machines for the society of that time. Right. You know, you've got shows like, and people use this as a great example. Friends is the most universally discussed show next to Seinfeld or Frasier, et cetera. Mm -hmm. When you look back now at that show, do you cringe at some of the jokes or some of the discussions the character have? Um, you know, I was never a big Friends fan, I'm sorry to say, but I... Certainly with, with shows in general from that time, uh, to go and look back at, at Seinfeld or other shows uh, and to, to hear the kinds of jokes that were being made, we'd certainly look at them today and say, oh, that you couldn't get away with that today, or that's not politically correct today. Uh, I know growing up in Australia, I watched a TV show called Kingswood Country, and it was full of racist jokes and sexist jokes. And nowadays, I think when you laugh at it, you do tend to, to cringe because oh, I certainly couldn't see they say these kinds of things today. But in the time, I mean, we have to look at them at how they were used at the time too, that really this was often a parody of that kind of person. These jokes were uh, sending up people who were racist and sending up people who were sexist. So it was kind of sending up those attitudes and, and beliefs rather than necessarily extolling those as virtues. When I was growing up in Great Britain, um, the big show that I loved was Only Fools and Horses. And the big one for me is if you... Now, obviously, you know, I'm in my 40s now, and I can look back at it with a more conscientious view. But mm -hmm. you think of it, as, especially now that the BBC has gone back and taken out some of the, you know, racial terms that the Cockney, you know, employed. Uh, you go back, and I still have the original broadcasts, as in, like, you know, these are uncensored, these have been touched or anything like that. And you sit there and you actually think about, well, my parents used to say this, and my friends used to say this. And when you get more 
older, you're like, wow, that really probably wasn't going to fly if I use it today, you know? <laughs> and and so I've, I've gone back through it a little bit and I've just, you know, like my, there's a story me and my wife have where I didn't realize that a, uh, a term used towards Chinese people was mm-hmm. a bad word. I never once right. was like, I never once questioned right. that it might have been racist or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because my, you know, my mother, my father, my uh, family, my neighbors, all of them use the same word. I come mm-hmm. to America and meet my wife, and my wife's like, "You can't bloody say that." And I'm like, <laughs> "I said what? I didn't say anything." She goes, "You can't use that word." I'm like, "Says who?" You know. And finally, she explains to me, and I'm like, "Wow, that really was bad." So I go back mm-hmm. and see my dad, and I told him, "I said, Do you know that word that we use is bad," and he's like, "No, it isn't." And, that, and that, <laughs> yeah. so my wife had to go explain to him, yes, it is. Yes. So, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a very fun conversation that took place over two weeks of, of, of my right. life. Absolutely. And so it is really a, often a generational thing. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, my, my father, he passed away a couple of months ago, but he used to say things that you, you could not say today. And uh, I would have friends and he would use this language around them and they would say, oh, this is extremely offensive. And he didn't understand it. So you really do need to factor that in as well to where people are raised in a time where these words may not have been as offensive, but certainly nowadays they might have colonial connotations or racist connotations. And uh, so it's, it's not even necessarily a matter of saying you can't say these things, but being aware, being educated, being open-minded to understand the history of these words and why they can be considered to be offensive and then really making that choice. Do I want to use this kind of language? Do I want to be that kind of person? What do I want to say about myself before you use these terms? So I, I have to ask, um, do you have any ideas for your next project? Do you have anything in the works? Oh, I'm always working on uh, on things related to this. And, and right now I've been quite busy writing about uh, a lot of the terminology and terms which are in the book, which just keep popping up in the media for obvious reasons at the moment. So uh, whether it's writing for um, magazines or, or newspapers and, and various websites in Australia or here in the United States. There's just a lot going on that's concerning my book. So I'm working on some other projects, but uh, they're, everything's very disparate, I think, because I, I've got quite a hybrid background. I work in linguistics. I used to do paranormal and anomalous uh, uh, scientific research. So I'm doing a lot of things at the moment. No particular thing, though. That's fantastic. All <laughs> right. Well, Dr. Snowzo, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, you, Derek. This was a lot of fun. Oh, good. Uh, You can find her latest book, On the Offensive, Prejudice in Language Past and Present, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. We will also have a link on our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Karen, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Derek. All right. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that was a fun episode, wasn't it? I sure learned a lot about the history of swearing, and I encourage you to freely use a swear word as soon as you are done listening to this episode. It won't even hurt my feelings if you even say, man, the Derek Duvall show fucking sucked. And I'll be totally okay with that. Lean into it at least as a favor for me. We've got some absolutely great guests in the pipeline. And the next few shows, we are going to be speaking to some truly remarkable individuals. Have you had the chance to buy the Derek Duvall show a cup of coffee yet? Your support of this endeavor goes a long way to making sure we can bring you the best quality show possible. There is a link to our page on our brand new spanking website. So new it even has the new website smell, folks. DerekDuvallShow.com. On there, you will find lots of treasures. So be sure to check that out. Well, that's about it for me and the whole Derek Duvall Show team. Until next time, remember, be well, be kind, and you guessed it, wear a fucking mask. 
Remember, everyone, swearing can be fun. That's right, kids. See you next time, planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for the latest news on downloads and to explore past episodes. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.